Hello, I'm Bonnie Snowden, ex-corporate person and mother turned successful artist entrepreneur. It wasn't that long ago though that I lacked the confidence, vision and support network to focus on growing my dream business. Fast forward past many life curveballs, waves of self-doubt and so many lessons learned and you'll see Ignite, my thriving online coloured pencil artist community. A community that changes members' lives for the better and gives me freedom to live abundantly whilst doing what I love and spending quality time with my beloved family and dogs. All whilst creating my best artwork with coloured pencils and mentoring others to do the same. But this life wasn't always how it was for me. It used to only exist in my imagination. I've created the It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast to help increase people's confidence, share mine and my community's experience and hope through fascinating personal stories, champion the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and create another channel through which I can support others to realise their dreams. If you're a passionate coloured pencil artist or an aspiring one who's looking to create their best work and a joyful life you love, you're in the right place. Grab a cuppa and a custard cream. Let's get cracking. Hello and welcome back. I'm so excited about this week's episode of It's a Bonnie Old Life. Taking inspiration from others, losing yourself in beautiful images, believing that one day you could be doing something similar is what dreams are made of. And of course, dreams are the start of plans and goals. Today's guest has been my biggest inspiration since becoming involved in the art world back in 2016. Of course, it helps that he mostly paints one of my favourite animals, although he is very much a celebrity to me and many others. Think middle-aged fangirl here. And I know, I know you can roll your eyes as much as you like, but he really is fabulous. I'm delighted to introduce the one and only Tony O'Connor. Oh, hello, Bonnie. How are things? Things are really well, actually. I'm um, I'm sitting here in my little studio in Yorkshire. It's snowing like mad outside. I'm very jealous of that. It's snowing in Sligo up, up, up the country, but uh, we've just got lovely blue sunny sky here in Cork. Oh, nice. Love, love a bit of snow. Oh, lovely. And tell me, are you in your studio or are you in your house or where are you? I'm in the office. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the uh, office. I'm not in my studio because uh, I'd be, I just furnished a couple of paintings. So I'd be high as a kite by the end of this recording if I stayed in there, I'd say. So <laughs> I came into the office. I hunted my wife out and I said, I need, I need comfort and space and warmth no, and your computer as well. So. Oh, very good. So, and is your office, is it near your home? Is it just, is it there or do you have to travel to get to it or? No, it's just the, fr- the front room and we converted it into an office during the start of lockdown. So it's, it's all proper office stuff now, I guess. Loads, we were fortunate enough to have the space to do it. So Ro works from here when she's not teaching and I, I get to do all my prints and stuff from here as well in, in the morning. So it's just handy keep it out of the studio because everything gets covered in paint if it goes into the studio. Yes, yes, I can imagine. I can imagine. So I I have been a, well, you know, I'm a huge fan of yours. And and I think you are the first person I followed on Instagram when I when I kind of got into Instagram. I think it was probably 2016. And you were always such a massive inspiration, I think, because of your absolutely glorious paintings, but also because you seemed quite accessible. And, you know, you always answered questions and you were you seemed normal. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I'll, I'll take that. I, that. That's a compliment that I haven't got very often. You're normal. I'm like, oh, fair play to you. Thanks. I'll. I certainly take that. <laughs> but that's great. You know, if you're if you're a fan of somebody and you can comment on their work and they and they respond back to you, that's a huge thing. And it makes makes your fans, you know, feel like you're a, a real person and it makes them feel really, really special. I, I think I was particularly inspired by that, but also your absolutely beautiful, beautiful paintings. And we kind of know a, a little bit about you. You've got a you've got a bio on your website and I just wonder yeah. if you could give me a little bit more insight into your absolute love of horses. The thing is, Bonnie, I actually hate them. I, <laughs> I paint them ironically. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fear thing, and I'm just like, if I paint enough of them, maybe I'll get to like them. No, um, I I grew up with horses. Um, we were my family were blacksmiths back in the village. I grew up in in North Kerry, so. Um, and from a young age, I was in the forge with my granduncle Mossy. We didn't have any fancy, fancy horses, you know, they were just farm horses and a couple of hunters and mostly donkeys that would come into the forge to be shod. 
I was a good boy. I got to turn the bellows, which was great fun, like, you know, dealing with fire and molten metal <laughs> when you're, you know, seven, eight, nine. It's great crack. Sure, what could go wrong? And I think that that's just where the love of horses came from, is, is from being a kid and being in the forge and watching Mossy shoot horses. So um, I didn't go down that route myself with manual labor because, God, my hands are just... Couldn't be, couldn't be getting them all dirty. Yeah, and the back, back as well. I, I imagine I had horses and and the farriers that I used. Oh my goodness, their back issues, and they had to wear like sort of um, you know things around their backs to to support them. <laughs> so, so I have to do that as well if I spend a long day uh, uh, hunched over a drawing desk. And, you know, you get up and you're like, oh my god, I can't move my back. Yeah. <laughs> you've just been, and I'm like, what have you done all day? I've drawn a unicorn. I'm like, get up, get out, get out. <laughs> I can't even complain to my dad. Like he's, you know, working. He's a, a welder. And he's, you know, I know my brothers are welders. So they're the actual ones doing physical hard labor and stuff like that. And I'm complaining. Oh, I'm crippled from working all day. I've got a headache from concentrating. And they're <laughs> like, yeah, shut up, get out, get out. <laughs> do you have uh, Do you have a similar thing in that when I first started doing art full time, my lovely mum said to me, "Oh, I'm so delighted you've retired." <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, I kind of get like, isn't it great that you can make money out of your hobby? And I'm like, that's, that's not my hobby. So it's, it's like it's my flipping career, like, you know, so, but uh, yeah, my hobby is my OnlyFans account, which, you know, is not going well at all. <laughs> <laughs> OnlyFans. <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. But I mean, you know, you say it's your career and it's your work and everything. And, and I'm, you know, I'm totally with you on that. But it is clear that you absolutely love it. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, like when I, I took the leap, 2011, to go full time. I did look back once or twice a couple of years ago, just going, "Oh Christ, I made the wrong decision." But then, you know, every every artist has, you know, a moment of weakness. But it's been the best. It was the best decision I ever made. I, I love it. Um, I love having the independence. I love just being able to do my own stuff and walk into my studio and just do whatever I want. Well, if I'm not working in commission work do whatever I want and yeah it's, it's just scary but it's, it's worth it it's just worth it yeah absolutely do you know it's funny that you said that that do whatever you want to do I was looking I think I was lying in bed this morning going through Instagram came across a picture and I was like oh gosh I would just love to just do something just for me yeah you know, just sit in my studio and, and I have actually, I've started doing some, some oil paint while learning and they're not particularly good, but they are just. I spotted, no, I spotted your horse and I'm like, oh, right, Christ almighty, she's on the horse now. I better watch my back with this one. <laughs> you, know, because you, go, you just stick to your drawings and leave the horses to me. Yes. To be There's no competition without you adding to the, the pylon. You know, oh, so. gosh, honestly, you flatter me, but it's total rubbish. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm, um, I'm, I'm, I find paintbrushes well I'm getting to grips with them a little bit but I find them really really terrifying there's no sort of friction to them there's no you know the brush just sort of keeps going <laughs> whereas with a pencil <laughs> you got that you can... and you can control it but with the uh, brush, so... I'm like, oh. uh, it's a learned skill you'll get it don't worry it'll come naturally after a while so. yeah maybe you yeah. work in um do you work mainly in acrylics at the moment I do because my studio is freezing I'm just finding the oils are taking the a while to dry until I insulate the studio but um uh, plus I have so much work on it at the moment I think speed the acrylics just are quicker done so it's, it's just making life a lot easier yes so, um, and attending you may have to you know go from oil to acrylic or acrylic to oil you know if you use both mediums just so you know some people find oil paints really scary and, and but I think Enough practice and you can put on a good base layer with the acrylics and then flick the oils over it and make it more complex. Well, just tidy it up a bit. But yeah, it's all acrylics at the moment. So yeah. And, and I think that's what... before you were a full-time artist, what, what did you do? <laughs> oh, I was the grumpiest sales assistant uh, person in a tool shop. <laughs> oh. I am. Well, I, I was in college and I obviously did my degree and my HDIP and I was teaching and I hated it. I hated teaching. I was teaching in secondary school what, in a convent. Teaching art, fine art. Yeah, art and design um, to girls in a convent. 
you know, 13 to 17 year olds. And I just got sick of it. I can't draw, sir. And I'm like, oh, just get out of my kids. <laughs> like, like <so> just, <laughs> I just, I, and I was, I was young enough. I was just, and I was getting, I didn't drive at the time. I was getting the bus home from teaching and I was just reading the paper on the bus and I'm like, I hate this so much. And I spotted, there was a job advertising in a, a tool shop right beside where I lived. And we were looking for a sales assistant. I said, go in there now and I'll work for a year enough to earn to do a master's so I can, you know, cut myself on and teach third level as opposed to secondary school level. And sure, feck it. Nine years later, I was still in the tool shop. So I was like, Christ, <laughs> getting more and more bitter and like, what? What do you want? You don't need that screw. No, you need a different screw. You should just get a guy in because you don't know how to use that drill. I was like, oh, it was terrible. It was, um, but I was painting at nighttime and stuff like that. So at least I had that as a slight sliver of sanity. But yeah, that's what I did. I was working in a tool shop and pretending to be an artist at nighttime until oh. about two, 2009. I um, I went to a life coach, uh, won a prize on a radio to go to a was a gym membership, and it was all about changing yourself. You know, it was called Key to a New You, and it was like three months of intensive gym training and a couple of sessions with a life coach, and you know, all about changing your mindset and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I was like, I mumbo jumbo crap I just wanted to work out and lose lose a few pounds from from the arse I thought it'd feel better and it was really funny it was like the one well, like I lost a few pounds but the, the main thing came from was from the life coach he actually challenged me because are you happy at your work and I'm like god no because why aren't you doing anything about it I'm like I don't have time like I'm busy I, I work you know eight to five or eight to six and he's like what you do in the evenings and I'm like well I watch TV or go to the gym. He goes, why aren't you working then? He goes, I challenge you. This was in March. He goes, I challenge you to get cracking on and get an exhibition by the end of the year of work. And I was like, I don't know anyone. No one knows me. I'm like, I'm not even an unheard of artist because I'm, I'm nobody. No one's going to give me an exhibition. And I had one painting of a horse. And I, contact, like, I contacted a few places and I heard nothing back. And this one place got back to me and goes, yeah, we really love that painting. Can you show us some more? And I said, yeah, give me two weeks and I'll show you one or two more. And I said, that's great. And a couple of weeks later, I showed them the work and they were like, great. Do you think you could have 20 or 25 paintings done by September? And we can hang them here. And I'm like, right, okay, I'll do it. So then from then onwards, I just spent every evening after work and weekends building up a collection of work and had the exhibition in September 2009. And that was technically when it clicked that I could make a career out of it. Yeah, it wasn't too long afterwards in that I just, other, other galleries got in, got in contact and wanted work and commissions cards coming in and I was just getting busier and busier and busier. And then I said, right, I'm going to have to, something's going to break here. I have to give something. And I was like, it's a recession here in Ireland. I might as well give up my job and start painting. <laughs> it seemed like a good idea at the time. And I did. And fortunately, there was a big group of artists opening a, a studio in the city centre called Sample Studios. I applied for a space there and I got it and I moved, I quit work on a, on a Friday and I moved into the studio to work on Monday. And I just, yeah, put the foot down the accelerator and I haven't stopped really since. <laughs> so that's it. Wow. Oh, gosh, honestly, I wasn't expecting that at all. <laughs> um, I, I wasn't and I, you know, I totally get what you mean about you know when people talk about co coaching is a very um it's very in I think it's been very in for quite a long time I qualified as a coach in 2015 and yeah. you know I, I don't think people quite realize how profound beneficial like like I was I had totally had written it off I had written off going to the coach before I had when I heard that was part of the prize I'm like yeah but I don't need that. I like there's nothing wrong with my head. I'm fine. I, it's just my physical, you know, you know, not mental. I'm just it's physical stuff I want to fix. And that one session really, really worked. And it it just got me thinking. And if that spark or that seed can be implanted, you know, that's I would never knock it. That's such a good thing. Like, you know, so um oh. I would always tell someone, go to, go to someone, just have a chat because 
even if you're just talking, you come to the realization yourself and you just need someone to push you or prod you or just ask the, that one question or just challenge you to do something. And then it's up to you. Like life coach didn't help me get an exhibition or he didn't give me contacts or anything like that. He just said, go do it. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's exactly it, isn't it? It's about, it's about kind of taking control of, of your life, but yeah. kind of coming to the realization that, Oh, hang on a second. Yeah, actually, I can do this. It's such a simple thing. And it's almost it like is. afterwards you think, well, why didn't I think of that myself? Well, why, well, that's it. Or why didn't I do it sooner? Or why didn't I, you know, but, you know, when it happens, when time is right, it, it happens. You know, well, I should have done it 10 years ago or I should have done it five years ago or maybe I'll wait next year. But when the timing is right, you just do it and just snap. I, I don't know, just break the link and just very scary very hard thing to do and it's like oh shit I'm in a grown-up world here now like and it's just me but that that little bit of fear as well pushes you and makes you try harder and I don't know and then you can see stuff happening you get that little bit more confidence in yourself and you can just you carry on and then yeah you push yourself a little bit more and I know I've probably got a little bit complacent recently (laughs) lazy but um, I'm trying to get out of that lockdown slump from the last two years so you yeah. can make a good running start to this year but um we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see now but yeah, with being with with kind of being locked down I'm the same you kind of become a little bit comfortable don't you in not going out and not doing stuff and not kind of planning things and actually oh, yeah you... well, my favorite plans at the moment are cancelled plans I love those they're my favorite <laughs> yeah. um, so it's kind of it's kind of like someone goes, oh, shit, I said I'd meet up for a coffee. And then you're like, how can I get out of this? <laughs> God, thank God, send a picture of a positive antigen test going, oh, I can't go. <laughs> I'm stored in my photo album. Oh, no, <laughs> that's very <laughs> much. I know. Money messing, money messing. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's, that's so funny. So have you got sort of like, um, you know, at the moment, you've, you've got quite a few commissions on, you know, when I... Mm-hmm social media and everything have you are you now starting to plan for more exhibitions or is that still something that's a little bit uh, I suppose a little oh, bit- well honestly just before I came on I, I, I got an email yesterday from the RDS the Dublin Horse Show just regarding the trade stand that's happening in August and I've done it every year since I came full-time 2011 and obviously for the last two years it didn't go ahead but it is going ahead this year and it's literally like flip of a coin will I do it won't I do it this year because I didn't need it for the last two years and I managed to survive it's a lot of work involved you know to create enough work to fill a 12 meter stand in a couple of months um, I think I'll do it I think I'll, I wasn't going to do it because just it's so many people and you know the world is so peopley at the moment there's so many people out there <laughs> I don't really want to see people after the last two years but I think I have to just uh, be brave and get it over and done it and go back to what I used to be and just do it. So, yeah, that's the next plan now is Dublin Horse Show in August. Amazing. Yeah, I'm going to have to do it. Yeah. Thanks for making up my mind there now. So yeah. <laughs> I have to do that. That's it. And and then it's Christmas. So it's Christmas commissions. So that's, uh, that's, yeah. that's basically it. And possibly a solo show 2023. So... You know, and the paintings don't happen overnight, so I have to you plan that much in advance. So mm. I think I'll do about 30 pieces for the Dublin Horse Show. So oh, I have, right, okay. I have, I have three done. <laughs> <laughs> I had, I had, I had five, but two sold during the week. So I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, can people stop buying the work? So I can just make a collection. Like, you know, it's a problem as well. Like, you know, can I buy that painting? I'm like, I need that for a collection in August. And they're like, yeah, but if you sell it now, and I'm like, oh. <laughs> it's so hard to juggle stuff like you know so oh dear there's no point going can you wait until august to buy it and i'm like you know it's money in the bank but still kind of yeah it's, 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 it's a, a tricky one isn't it you can't kind it's of it's the joys of being an artist and then you've got galleries screaming for your work like you know and you're like oh christ i need like i have commissions working for gallery you haven't given us work in months and i'm like i haven't created anything in months leave me the back alone so it's kind of, it's, <laughs> So it's kind of like, yeah, but, but, but the important thing is you can do whatever you want <laughs> when you're self-employed, like, you know, I mean, as long as you keep your galleries happy and your commission work happy. Yeah, happy. yeah. And, and it's a great position to be in, isn't it? 
It is because you could be just sitting in your studio, twiddling your tongues with a work building up around you and no one buying it or no one interested in it. But you could be happy out painting away, like, but to make a living out of it too. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. At least it's selling this to me, I think so. No, that is definitely, definitely. So I know that you use a couple of photographers, don't you, as well? I mean, you don't have, yes. to, you don't have to give details away or, you know, um, any of your secrets. No, hide your sources. That's my favourite yeah. quote as well, like, you know. <laughs> yes. Nothing um, worse than some cheeky person DMing you going, who's your photographer? Where'd you get that? Can I get it? And you're like, back off and do your own research like I did. Like, you know, I'll answer certain questions, but I'm not giving it to you on a date. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know what you mean. So I, I know that you do use, um, you know, a, a couple of photographers and you do credit yeah. them um, every now and again. But do you look for a specific uh, style with your the photographers that you choose? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah, there's a certain look that I like. There's a certain uh, and a lot of photographers I work with. I'll, re, I'll, I'll use their work because it's the same kind of ethic or kind of idea that I have in my head that they use them, you know, even going over to Germany with Andrea and stuff like that, she'll have a couple and we hop ideas off each other. And it's, it's good to um, have that relationship with your photographers and, and, and your source imagery people. So I do, sometimes I, I, I see some images by photographers and I'm like, Christ, that's completely off the wall different. I'd like to try that, like the gold leaf stuff that I did last year, just an experiment that was completely different. I rarely do a full horse and, and stuff like that but sometimes it's good to experiment and try different things and yeah so the whole point of being an artist as well too is you kind of have to experiment yes and, uh, yeah, and no, absolutely. Push and, yeah and it's fun to do it as well it might end up looking like complete and utter muck but it's good to try it <laughs> so um, <laughs> and can well, you yeah it, it, it pushes you out of your comfort zone as well like you know but I, I find when you try what well, I don't know I, I get a lot of customers go asking me for do you have any greys on the dark backgrounds it's gray horses like I could literally just paint those for the rest of my life and that's what customers want and they want a certain brand breed of horse and they want a certain style and they want tack and all this if you know your market and I guess that's why I'm getting lazy because you stick to it like because you know it's guaranteed to sell anyway so but especially when you're making a living out of it and you're there like oh well just keep on painting it like you know so but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, I've lost my train of thought there. That's coffee. Of- I need more coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about your, um, you know, knowing your audience and everything and that you kind of can, yeah. can, can you, you know exactly what people, what's going to sell basically. How yeah. do you, with the marketing side of stuff, do you find that that comes easily or do you have to really sort of try hard with that? I, 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 I it actually... It's 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 a tricky one. It's difficult in one way, is because you're selling yourself. Uh, I hate the sales part of it. Like at the Dublin Horse Show, you're standing in front of your work, and you're flogging, you're flogging dead, flogging dead horses, so to speak. Like you know, but and you get you you get all the questions. You know, how much is that? How long it take you to do it? And you have to, and people go, how much? And you you feel like you have to justify the price, and you're like, yeah, that's that's what it costs. Like you know. Um, I, and the sale, you know, and then there's the whole thing in Ireland that people expect you to bargain. You're like, you know, just back off and just buy the bloody thing, like, you know, if you like it. The marketing thing, yeah, you, you kind of, it's it's a necessary evil. You have to do it. You have to, people have to see your work. You have to talk about it. You have to put prices on it unless you're aloof and you can just go your work to sales by never having to speak to anyone. But I think if people know the artist and get to talk to them and find them more, I don't know, amiable or you know agreeable or find out that they're not an actual asshole they're, they're more likely to buy from the artist so you kind of have to put yourself out there and talk as well which and that whole business thing I don't, I don't think it comes naturally to the creative mind to be honest with you I'd rather be in the studio create and never talk to anyone and just let someone else do it but then I like having that hold of my work as well that I'm in charge so and it's me so that's yeah, it, it's it's a balance. You kind of have to put a mask on in public and be more confident and be more brave than you probably are. But you know, without sounding too cocky or confident either, like you know, you have to. I won't say 
be a bit lip trembly, a scared cat, um, but just you have to be a bit confident with your work, but I, it's, it's constant fight with the fear that's inside you, but you kind of have to not let that out. You just have to, I don't know, do it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tricky one, but it is work. You have to do, you have to do the whole business side of it as well. Yeah, you know, and and working with working with artists, I do work with a lot of artists to to sort of build their confidence and everything. And this is one of the things that people find, I, I think, the hardest. And you sort of hit the nail on the head there when you were saying that creatives really don't find that the the um, the strong sales and the business side of things. It's not something that comes easily. And and a lot of us yeah. are, you know, we're happy in our own skins. We're happy in our in our studio, and we don't really want to. You know, we don't really want to be going and, and talking to any. I mean, I, to be honest, I'm quite sociable. I'll talk, I'll talk to anyone. I used to be. Yeah, I used to be quite sociable. Or give me a glass of wine. I'll be sociable as hell. Now, give me a glass of wine. I will. Won't sell a painting for less than a couple of thousand. But you know, unless I have the wine in me. Oh, you take the painting for free. I'll pay you to take it. So that's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it, it it is a tricky one, but it's. I think I found out a lot of artists could benefit with having to chat with people in that little bit of confidence of that business talk that it is a business after all like you know as much as you like being by yourself and working and creating and you are putting yourself on a canvas technically you are putting a bit of yourself so you are selling you you can't sell yourself cheap or you can't sell yourself short either so yeah exactly Exactly. And, and again, you know, so, so many people are just terrified of putting a price on something because they feel that they're not worthy or, you know, they don't have the self-belief or anything like that. And I, yeah. I love that sort of metaphor that you, you're saying, you know, you kind of have to put that mask on when you become this confident person who's standing there and, and selling your work. And I think, you know, a lot of people, I do exactly the same. You know, you almost have like a bit of a, a ritual where it's sort of like a almost like taking a deep breath and just kind of step yeah. on stage and it yeah. doesn't necessarily feel like it's you but it it's something that you have to do to be able to then you know come across as this confident person who is you know selling their making a business out yeah you're yeah kind of have to do that there's a, a few tricks that i i won't say i've learned with you know to, over the years that you just kind of have to go yeah look sometimes my work isn't for everyone or you know, have a think about it. That's what I say to my customer. Go away, have a think about it. And always add at least 10% to your price <laughs> because they will knock the 10% off anyway. So at least you come away with really what you want eventually. Like, you know, so always go up higher, never go lower than what your price are because people go, Ooh, you get hit <laughs> with a lower price anyway. So you might as well go high, aim high. Keep your heels and your standard size, isn't it? <laughs> yes, yeah. And your pieces are, are usually, I mean, even the smallest pieces are pretty big. Um, well, I'm, I'm doing a lot of smaller work at home. I think they're two foot by two foot, which is small for me. Like, you know, um, I used to love painting six foot pieces, but just transporting them was a pain in the arse. Like, you know, so um, I try and keep them in between the two foot to three foot or four foot pieces now at home. They're, but they're still large enough. They're, you know, You'd fill a wall with two, two of them or, you know, statement pieces as such. You know, you'd know it was an O'Connor and you could see it from a distance. <laughs> That's what I like about doing big pieces. Go big or go home. Yeah, yes. Which, which when you're a coloured pencil artist, it's really difficult. It's quite a, kind of tricky, yeah. I'd say, yeah, <laughs> my, I'd have, my wrist would have fallen off, I'd say, if I had to do something large size with colouring pencils. But, uh, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have the patience. I would have the drawing board out the window and saying, I'm like, no, it's taking a week to do a drawing. Fuck that. So, <laughs> when you so see, give me paints and I'll paint over it. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. And that's, um, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I only use that one medium. I'm, I'm just kind of dabbling a little bit with the oils just, just for, for me, really. But actually, that's what I love about the pencils is the time that it takes and the mindfulness I get from them because that's why I started them in the, in the first place. Is a yeah, I get that. Um, when I'm stressed, I, I sketch. When I when I just want to completely lose track of time and of whatever's going on, I will draw. And <laughs> that's when you see drawings going up on my page. It's kind of like, oh, Tony must be stressed for this. Something going on because he's sketching for the last week. There's isn't the painting happening. I find just sitting down with a pencil. And I don't spend as long on my sketches as you do on your, I don't know, I, I 
spend more than a day on a sketch. I'm like, no, I'm done now. I want to move on to something else. I think I have the attention span of a squirrel when it comes to, I find sketching, you can just get lost. And I, my sketches aren't as detailed as yours either, but I just like that whole process of, I can breathe and just letting it come together. And yeah, sketching it, it's, it's quite mindful, as you say, which is, yeah, beats doing yoga anyway. So yeah, that's stretchy. Yes. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you know, I, well, now that I've got have so much more in my business than it, when I first started, it was, I was just a commissioned artist. So or not just a commissioned artist, but a commissioned artist. And that's mm. all I was doing all day. So I was like sitting down drawing for sort of like 12 hours a day and just, it was fantastic. But then as the business grew, I found I had more and more admin to do. And obviously with the teaching side of stuff, I've got videos to edit, all of that side of things. I know that you have run some workshops, haven't you? I I did. Um, I didn't set them up. It was some other other artists and other people that set them up and asked me to be the guest painter and stuff like that, which was fun because I naturally am not inclined to teach after, after, after my horrible experience of being a teacher. But I said I'd do it for the crack, um, you know, because it's just something different. Mm-hmm. So I, the Oklahoma thing was was good fun because like why would I not want to go to America on a horse ranch and and do just show people what I do and then in Australia it was a bit of crack as well too like you know just but uh, I I don't set it up myself um I don't, I don't have time to be thinking like that you know uh, it's like taking a week or two weeks off of my own work to do like a holiday camp of, of teaching like you know so I don't know how you do it you know I just find time is uh yeah, I'd, good on you for doing all the stuff. I'd crack up <laughs> if I had to do it. Imagine that, all the admin, all the teaching, all the editing videos. I'm like, not a chance. Yeah. Loads of people go, oh, you should do teaching videos. I'm like, no, back off over to Bonnie Snowden. She'll do those for you. I'm not doing them. So. <laughs> uh, you see, you see I, I taught, but um, it was more a training side of stuff. So when I was working in the coaching sector, I was teaching leadership skills and uh, coaching skills and everything. So I, that's where I kind of came from, you know, groups yeah. of people and, and teaching them all of these different models and everything. And I really, really, really loved that. And I knew that when I, when I created my business plan, I knew that teaching was going to be a part of it at some point, whatever it was going to be. And, and I have to say, I absolutely love it. I mean, the, the teaching side stuff is now far surpassed my the commission side of things. It, and I really like that interaction with people. And I love to see people succeed and everything like that. So, but I can understand completely how, I mean, it is really time consuming. You know, and like I was saying, yeah. this morning thinking, gosh, I'd just love to draw something just on my right. own for like a month. Yeah, but you have a class to prepare or you have to do something else. You're like, oh, look at where's on my time. Yeah, yeah. But I do do love it. So, yes, and I guess if you, you know, the the one-off sort of bits and pieces that you have, uh, you don't have to organise, I suppose, is is quite nice. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I have to do that. I just show up and go, hey, get your paints out because this is what we're doing. And people are like, what? And I'm like, it's eight o'clock in the morning. Come on, start work. (laughs) We're getting started now. Like, you know, it's a full day. We need to get the painting finished by the end of the day. Come on. There's no time for messing. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Although the new studio space that I have at the moment, once it's insulated, and so I was thinking that I might run some type of weekend course or something like that eventually, but not too sure. I'm even breaking out in a cold sweat thinking about it at the moment. So maybe I won't for another year. I couldn't imagine. I was like, oh, Christ, I can't have people in the studio with me. What would happen? So, um, geez, <laughs> oh, I'm definitely not next year. So the Rugby World Cup is next year. That's I'm too busy next year to do any teaching at all. So that's going to be taken up for that. Amazing. So forget about it. We we'll forget about me doing any teaching. Okay. <laughs> and so, do you have your work in galleries? Have you got other galleries that yes. you're? Do you have galleries approach you all of the time? Yeah, there's there's always a few galleries looking for work. Um, there's some in the UK and loads here in Ireland and some France looking for work and American. But you're there. You can't give them all work, and you can't build a collection. And it, well, you try and do. do excuse me, some of the galleries you tr- you try and sort them out. I'm sending work over to um, Tally Ho Gallery over in the UK. 
you want some foxes and stuff like that. So I just finished off those. They're varnishing at the moment, so I need to send that to him this week. Um, Sebastian, he's really good. He gave me a show in London two years ago. I was part of it with Charlie Maxey and a few other really cool artists. So I, I said, have to sort him out, like, you know, because he gave me a, a start in London, which is always a cool thing, like, you know. But yeah, it's just juggling galleries. That's the thing as well. You could just be selling, you know, just painting, working, just giving them to galleries. But I, I like being self representative as well because you know the work is there and if someone's come looking for it you can sell it straight away rather than giving it to a gallery and no one you know it could be there for three or four or five months before it sells or and you're there you're sitting on stock paintings it's costing you money to ship it and the gallery just waiting you're just hoping someone sees it there yeah um there's for and against it at least people it's better if someone in the gallery sees it than it's standing you know face against the wall in your studio where no one would see it unless you have it online. Yeah, it's running games, all, all, all the joys of juggling stuff when you're an artist, <laughs> as you probably know. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anybody who um, sort of helps you out? Does your, does your wife help you out? or she, um, she helps with newsletters and she helps with, if I need to say stuff, <laughs> she's very good with words. Like um, she's a teacher, so she knows all the grammar stuff and all the big words. So I generally run everything by her and go, this make me look smart? And she goes, yes. So, or, she, <laughs> or she'll edit it to make it to make me sound slightly more intelligent or co- coherent, I'm a lot more coherent than I normally am. Uh, so she's great. But there's, there's nothing anyone can do because I do the prints myself. I do uh, the calendars. I, for last year, actually, I've got the kids to help me with the calendars because that's a m- massive job in you know September when you start shipping those um, yes, they got- all have to be hand signed and that's a huge that's full month's work of, of getting all those out in time yeah so never- I've roped the kids into it uh, well that's just good. for packing so yeah well <laughs> their their fees are extortionate you know child labor my ass I swear to god my daughter wants a new phone for helping with bloody doing a couple of calendars and you're like hang on a second girl you're getting a fiver an hour for packing stuff and she's just like, that's not going to buy me a Samsung. Blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, dear. I don't know. Have you ever thought about outsourcing? Yes. This year, I, I well, last year, I nearly cracked because of the amount of work, especially shipping stuff to UK and um, America at the moment, the new customs rules. It's Brexit. Um, everything has to be go through the whole C23 customs charge and all the customers' details will be on the outside for everything. So it's I seriously thought about doing some type of mail drop, just signing a thousand calendars, dropping it to some crowd and letting them ship everything. But um, I haven't found anyone here in, in Southern Ireland yet to do a decent job or will do it for a thousand, you know, for a certain amount of items. But I'll research it a little bit, little bit more in the coming weeks because I know July is fast approaching and I need to have the calendar for next year done by then. So... Um, everything has to be printed out by August, you see. So. Oh, blimey. Yeah, I definitely think because I, I nearly had a meltdown last last September doing the calendars. I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, I, I have a meltdown when I just have one thing to package up. I've, I've got um, a, a memory stick here that I have to post out to somebody. It's just sat there waiting. I'm just not very good at packaging at all. So I'm, I'm thinking, oh, this. you know, you've got all it's, these piles of stuff. I'm like, oh, God, I just, oh, I couldn't cope. I had 1,700 orders. I was like, oh, oh. Jesus, Mary and Joseph. Like, God. I was like, oh. And you're, you just get cracking on the work and you try and do, all right, I'm going to do the Ireland ones. I'm going to do the French ones. I leave all the UK and American ones to last because they are going to take the longest because yeah. every single label has to be pre-bought online. But you can't just go into a post office and go, I need, you know, 100 stamps. You need to put in the customers. Every single one has to be done printed off and then stuck to the label and you're like oh my god oh. um so but it's oh, it's a good complaint it's a very good complaint like you know so i'm not knocking it it is not a passive income though <laughs> it's like uh, no, yeah do you have something like uh, i use transglobal express in the uk i don't know whether you have something like that in ireland where i go and they down you download a spreadsheet and you just pour all of the information into the spreadsheet 
upload it and they just send you a PDF with all of the labels on. I should probably do that because I use Shopify, so all the sales coming through that. Oh. And you just have to go through their orders. And, you know, some people order one calendar, some people order three, six, you know, and you just have to go through every single order oh. and then see what they, and some people order prints with it. And you just have to make sure that everything. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. But, um, yeah, I, uh, and because clearly as I'm using my wife's laptop, you can tell that I'm like computer illiterate. <laughs> so doing something like that, I totally would, my head would explode. You just mentioned PDF. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen anytime soon. So. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> just well, give me a pencil and paper. I'll just write it down. Yes, just ju- writing everybody's addresses down. But actually, I did, I did that for all the Irish ones. <laughs> Everything was handwritten. So. Oh, that's you know, but but that but that's that's really nice. It makes it a bit more personal as well, too. Like you know, going, yeah, it's not anyone fancy doing it. It's me, my partner, and so. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And I've got one of your calendars here. And I have, I think I've got a couple of your prints and I've got a, an original sketch. You've got an original anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got so many things at my framers waiting to be framed. And <laughs> one of these days they're going to go, Bonnie, I've, I've framed everything for you. That'll be £4,000, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You collect pieces of art. You're like, uh, yeah, I just finished a painting there for a guy. And he goes, can you frame it for me? And we're like, what? And he was like, yeah, can you frame it? And I'm like, can I get prints of it? Can you get frame those prints as well? And we're like, where did oh my god it's kind of like fair enough so i'm going on to my frame we're going can you get all this stuff done for me about the first week of march and she's like i'm running hot days tomorrow i'm like jesus <laughs> uh, games. i don't how do you um do you photograph your original pieces then to get the prints is that how you i, uh, I don't i have a guy i have a guy i have um Stu, St- stefan from studio one in kinsale worked with him for years though he's german so efficient isn't a word i swear to god he's brilliant and he's literally he lives uh 14 minutes from me exactly from my studio to his house is 14 minutes so i load up the car with paintings and i take them down to his studio and he has them on my dropbox the following day edited color proofed everything and a list and a sample print of them for me oh man. brilliant so i just slap them up on if i'm doing a, a limited edition i put them on shopify and as the print orders come in, I generally place all my orders. Like I let them build up for a week and I place the print orders on a Sunday or a Saturday and I collect them on Monday and ship them. So once a week, I do a kind of a, a batch to him going, I need these many prints and he has them ready for me. So it's, it's fantastic. And he's really, really, really good. And it's just so handy being able to take the work down to him rather than him coming to my studio and photographing it because I can just crack on with extra work while he's... He's got the whole setup in, in, in his studio for photographing stuff. So, oh, it's amazing. Always get a vibe. You know, I just think if someone is really good at something, let them do it. Um, you know. Oh, I'm so with you on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've stopped doing uh, doing prints. I, I um, you know, I've got a little scanner here, but it's not really big enough, and you know, they they just weren't good enough quality, really. And actually, there is um the printer that I used is in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, and they do a photography service, but it would mean either shipping originals over to them or taking them over. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, can I? Make- I can understand that it would be a pain, but yeah. I know I'm super fortunate to have you know a really top class photographer and printer because he does. You know, he's got the whole setup for GKs and he's got all the fancy papers and all the stuff. And then his wife does all my framing for me, so oh. she makes all the frames. So it's just such like. I fell on my feet with those two and they're mine. They're mine. They're my printer, my photographer. <laughs> but, um, oh, dear. Yeah, I highly recommend them anything, but it's, yeah, I can see how much of a pain in here. Cause a lot of people ask me where I get my prints done. So I say, well, here in Cork and they're like, Oh, I'm in Dublin. Do you think they'll do it? And I'm like, yeah, you just have to bring the work down to them. So just, that's, that's the problem. Like, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. I hate shipping work, getting it. And then they have to ship it back. So. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? And then there's more likelihood that it's going to get damaged and all of that sort of stuff. So having someone on your doorstep is amazing. Yeah, especially in West Cork. <laughs> like we're so rural here, but everything we still have everything we need. So yeah. it's handy enough. Like so. Amazing, amazing. So I've got a question that I'm asking. Um, I'm asking everybody, mm-hmm. uh, and that is, when it comes to confidence, mm-hmm. what is your number one tip? Wine, a lot of wine. <laughs> just neck neck that bottle of wine I swear to god it'll give you more confidence than 
No, <laughs> confidence. It's a tricky one. Wear that mask. Um, confidence, it's like, you know, when you're, you're in your studio yourself, you're working away, you, you know, you've got this. Obviously, you, we all go through the whole process of the painting going, started with, oh, this, is, this has got potential. It's really good. Halfway through it, I was shit, I'm a terrible artist. This is rubbish. And then towards the end of it, go, yeah, this is, I've, I've made it. This is really good painting. So you go through all that. At the end of it, you have to have confidence in yourself. You know that what you've done is good and what you've done in the past is good. What you're going to do in the future is going to be better because you want to get better and better and better. That's the whole thing about art. You constantly try and improve and get better and better and better. But have no fear of perfection because you never reach it, apparently, because you're constantly trying to improve. But for the whole confidence thing, if you're out there, yeah, just be brave and, and wear that mask. It doesn't necessarily... I've got the Batman one, so... <laughs> like no one else can wear that. It's my one. Okay, it's not. Don't kink shame me. It's my thing. I like that. Okay, it's kind of like what would Batman wear? You wear a mask. Like you know, he's confident in front of his stuff. And you just have to just be brave, be confident, and know that you have put you into this work. It's you that you're selling. You're not going to, you know, you don't have to be overly confident or cocky because no one likes an asshole. To be honest with you, but. You let your work do the talking. I, I, I generally shut up and let people look at the work and what do they feel about it. And the whole thing about if they ask you a question, then you do the whole politician thing, answer their question with a question. Was, How does it make you feel? <laughs> <laughs> Makes me feel sad. I'm like, you should buy that painting and constantly feel sad for the rest of your life. But um, um, yeah, just I won't say wear a mask because we, we, we do that in, in life the whole time anyway, but just. And I think sometimes it's that whole thing, letting the mask drop, <laughs> it's not a bad thing either. We're all vulnerable. Yeah. And if people, people, people will see that you are vulnerable anyway because we're artists, we're, we're sensitive by nature, I think. Uh, people will understand. And if you get to talk to someone, the mask will drop and you will, your, your natural self will come out and you just talk and it'll be more natural. But I think if people are just being ballsy and being cheeky, you have to be confident with yourself. And that's where the mask comes in handy. And you're like, you might want to go back to your studio and go swear and curse <laughs> or, or go to the gym and punch the living snot out of a punch bag or, or lift something really heavy going, oh, I should drop this in that person. How dare they? But uh, uh, just confidence. It's a tricky one, but belief in yourself, I think and belief in your work and that you are worth it. And if someone tries to knock your prices down and go, no, sometimes you just got to go, no, put your foot down. It happened to me more than one occasion. And I've gone, no, you're never, and <laughs> blacklisted those people. They're never, ever, ever going to own any of my work. <laughs> oh, uh, not that I'm shallow or bitter or anything <laughs> like that, but uh, my, my favorite painting, is hanging in the hallway and it's because someone gave me a ridiculous offer for at one stage. And I said, I thought he was joking. And uh, I said, no, no, you're joking. He was like, oh, no, no, you, you'll take it. You, you'll take the money. And I'm like, no, not for sale, mate. Good luck to you now. Off you go. And he's come back to me nearly every year looking to buy it. And I said, no, not unless you, pay, even if you paid off my mortgage, you're never having the painting. <laughs> I said, Sometimes you just have to stick to your guns. And um, if you do, you you might feel bad a little bit, but then at the end of the day, you're you're growing your own confidence and you're believing in yourself, and that's what it's all about. Because if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect other people to believe in you and buy your work? So yeah, no, absolutely. you have to believe. You have to believe in yourself. You have to believe in your ability. Even though fifty percent of the time I don't, <laughs> as, as you don't, you're going, oh Christ, I forgot how to paint. <laughs> it happens loads of people go what do you do you never get an artist block I get an artist block once a week they're like how the fuck did I mix that color I can't remember like, why did I how did I do that last week I can't remember like, I remember like I regret this I'd go back teaching and you're like hang on a second I'll figure out how to get this color again somehow. so um, <laughs> I don't know um that's br that's brilliant that's brilliant thank you so much and it's you know I think that will kind of resonate with an awful lot of people and it's it's wonderful to hear, you know, someone who is, you know, right up there and, and successful and, you know, has got the most amazing career. You're still like all of uh, all of us mere mortals, I guess, you know, you still uh, the, the fear never leaves. It never goes. The yeah. Fear never goes like um, where is your first exhibition or your 20th exhibition? If you are not 
some way apprehensive or scared or just a little bit nervous, it's not worth it because you're doing something wrong because it's you, you're putting something out. It's you, you're showing. Like, and if you're not nervous before you put stuff out, something's wrong. So it, that, that's never going to leave. <laughs> it's never going to leave. No matter how big of an artist you think you are, if you're not scared or fear, like a good fear, because it shows you care about your work. It shows that you love what you do and you want, I don't say you want other people to do, you can give shit what people think, but you want your work to be accepted or you, you I don't, it's, it's, it's difficult to say it, but it's kind of like if you're not scared, it's, it's a bad thing. You should be a little bit nervous or a little bit scared of them. Not scared enough to go, I'm not going out there. Someone closed the curtains, I'm never going out. But just that little bit of interpretation before an exhibition is always good. Yeah, so there you go. It, that's, that's the bad news. It never goes away. <laughs> Oh, well, Tony, thank you so, so much for joining me and for sharing all of that. It's been um, it's been just lovely, lovely speaking to you. And um, you. no, it's been super. Thank you ever so much. No problem at all. Um, have a good day for yourself now. I'm going to go back into my studio and get high in the smell of varnish because <laughs> there's no rugby to enjoy today. So <laughs> I, might, I might as well ruin my brain some other way. So. Oh, dear. oh, dear. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. No problem at all. Best look editing this down. I thought it was only supposed to be half an hour. <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what you get for talking to an Irish side. Never shut up the rest of us. So. Oh no, that's that's fine. It's normally it's normally fine. I'm normally talking the hind leg off a donkey, so uh, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. No, thanks for asking me. And, and remember now, do a Rowena on it and try and make me sound coherent and intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> and if you can edit all the places that I said this, that, these, and those, and put the th in where it should have, so that'd be fantastic as well. Like, you know, Brilliant! So. I'll do that. I'll do that. <laughs> sound out. Sound. Uh, well, thank right, you Bonnie. so much, and um, yes, hopefully I'll I'll get to chat to you again soon. Mind yourself. Have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of my It's a Bonnie Old Life podcast. If you did, I'd be so grateful to you for emailing me or texting a link to the show or sharing it on social media with those you know who might like it too. My mission with this podcast is all about sharing mine and my community's experience and hope by telling your fascinating personal stories, championing the other amazing humans in my personal, professional and membership community and to create another channel through which I can support you to realise your coloured pencil and life dreams. If you haven't done so yet, please help me on my mission to spread positivity and joy throughout the coloured pencil world by following me on my socials at Bonnie Snowden Academy or by getting on my list at bonniesnowdenacademy.com. And remember, I truly believe if I can live the life of my dreams doing what I love, then you can too. We just need to keep championing and supporting each other along the way in order to make it happen. Till next time.